I'm Jay Pitts, a real estate broker, agent, leader, and investor. For the last decade, I've navigated the craziest of real estate markets this country has ever seen, selling over 2,000 homes, moving in and out of markets, always ahead of the curve. And now I'm bringing that perspective to you. This is your resource, and Real Talk About Real Estate starts right now. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to Resource Real Talk About Real Estate. I'm Gabe Pruitt. I'm Jay Pitts. And we're here live everywhere that you can see us. Yeah, it's it's a little meta, to be quite honest. I'm not sure where to look. I'm looking on Facebook. I'm looking on Instagram. We got cameras pointed in every direction, mics in front of us. I, you know, we're here in the new studio. It's not complete yet. No. But uh, I'm starting to get the feeling. I'm starting to get the feeling, Gabe. I, and, and you know what else? I'm extremely excited about today's episode. As we teased in episode one of season two, we're coming at you. It's season two of Resource with a lot less philosophical and a lot more tactical. In fact, so tactical, we're probably even going to get t-shirts made that say, let's get tactical. I like it. No, this one's so tactical, we can even break it down into bullet points, which is my favorite. I like, I like bullet points. Linear. Linear relationships. So... Gabe, why don't you why don't you why don't you tee up the topic for today? Sure. So, like you said, season two, we wanted to get a little bit more focused on things you can actually do to improve your business. So, you recently went on a trip, right, I did. Jay? So, I did. Jay Jay is fresh off the heels of Disney World, and this wasn't your first time at Disney World, right? How many times no, have you been? Three, three times in eighteen months. Three times in eighteen. Three times months. in eighteen months. Such is life with toddlers and young children. Which is why I wasn't so surprised when the other day you sent me a message to say, "Hey, our next podcast is about." Disney World. And I was like, dude, it's the happiest place on earth. Yeah, but I, I wasn't exactly sure how you were going to pull a resource episode out of Disney World. Well, but why don't you why don't you explain kind of what you're thinking is? I'll just I'll just suffice it to say that when you go to any place or you you consume the product or service of any company, okay, any entity that is the penultimate in their industry. Like like they are the you know, gold standard sure. of the child entertainment, family entertainment, a, th- a theme park, amusement park. It's the Mecca that no one does it better. Yeah. And when you go to a place like this, okay, and you consume what it is that they do and the effort it takes, the attention to detail and how they deliver an experience that is just absolutely positively magical, you, you like, I look for the strings, like I'm at the puppet show, but I'm looking for the strings. Sure. And it's, it's, it's unbelievable how seamless an experience they deliver is. And I just could not help but making, I couldn't help but having consistent thoughts about how we can learn from this in the real estate industry and any business for that matter. Sure. But specifically, I came up with seven things that I think realtors, could learn from Walt Disney to make their businesses better. And and what better way to start the tactical season two of resource with just, you know, a bulleted list of things that you can do better that you can take from Disney world. And you could start today. You can start today. There's literally uh, next to no money required for any of this next to nothing except presence of mind, persistence, diligence, and understanding like, that you can do more. You can sure. do better. 
So why don't, why don't we jump right into it? What is the first thing that you took away from Disney World that you thought was applicable? To okay, estate? number one. Number one. Uh, and this is probably uh, the most philosophical, if you will. Probably the most philosophical. Don't bury the lead. You've heard me say bury the lead. Right. Okay. Old don't, newspaper d- don't, term. don't bury the lead. Okay. And what I mean by that is know your value. Know exactly what you bring to the table. Don't beat around the bush. Have yeah. confidence in it and don't be scared to tell people. We sat in our meeting yesterday, Gabe. We had an agent on our team and I'll have to tell a quick story, a story on his behalf. He's talking to a lead. Number one, he's in a one-on-one meeting with his, uh, his leader, his pod leader. In the company. In the yeah. company, and- here in the company. They're having a one-on-one production meeting and he gets a phone call and it's a direct transfer from a Zillow lead. So hot lead, ready to talk real estate. Uh, this guy takes the call, has a great conversation with a prospective buyer client, learns that the person on the other end of the phone has a condo that they're living in. It's not clear whether they own or rent at this point, at this point. And he asks them, so, Hey, you know, are you renting this condo or are you going to have to sell before buying to which the, the lead, the, the customer consumer replies, Oh, I'm going to have to sell it. And Ian says, great. I'm amazing at selling places for people too. When I meet you on Thursday, we can discuss that. <laughs> it's like no, no hesitation, no hesitation whatsoever. And, and the lesson I, I take from that, that I gave to the team yesterday after hearing the story a few minutes before our, our weekly team meeting was that when you've built the right rapport with people, when you have learned that, you know, where people's thresholds are, you can share your value very directly mm-hmm. and they will allow you to do it. Yeah. And it, it doesn't have to be arrogant. It's not something no. where like, Oh, I'm the best. It kind of speaks for itself when you're willing to, when you're willing to prop yourself up based on your results and your track record. It's one of those things Dude, that you don't yeah. have to be nervous about. They said, Oh, fantastic. We wondered how that worked. That was their answer. <laughs> Perfect. Perfect. Yeah. So my point is don't bury the lead. Know your value walking into any interaction with a client, any interaction and share it. Share it with them. If you don't tell them why they should work with you, they won't know. No. You can't take the risk that they will assume where your value comes from. So that's number one. Sure. Disney does it better than anyone. They say in their advertising, this is the most magical place on earth. Well, it's like you said, they, you know, they're the best, but it's like, they're not even the best by a little. It's not even close. Like they're leagues ahead of whatever you would compare them to as competition. Absolutely. They stand alone. Disney, Disney world in Florida alone employs 75,000 people. That's crazy. Employs 75,000 people. It has like millions, millions, Gabe. And, And these numbers are not public. So there's some speculation, but some say 2.5 million visitors per year. Like, I don't know if I need to kind of probably get the calculator out to do that per day. Yeah. But Magic Kingdom alone sees 50 to 75,000 people a day. Daily. Sure. A day. So there is no comparison in the space for them. Like Universal Studios has a great theme park, but it only exists because Disney is successful. Sure. People take a day away from Disney and go to Universal. Yeah, not by any by any stretch of the imagination is Universal bad, but it's no Disney. Like it's no Disney. It's an also ran. It's a it's a leech, Mm -hmm. right? And I don't mean to say but say bad things about Universal. I love Universal. We go there almost every time. But you go there on the day you're not at the park. On the day I'm not at Disney. Yeah. Okay. I go to Disney. I stay on Disney. I yeah. So anyway, that's don't bury the lead. Know your value. Know your Disney value. straight up tells you this is the happiest place on earth. Mm-hmm. That is their marketing. It is the happiest place on earth. Come to Disney World. 
happiest place on earth. Bingo. So don't bury the lead. Yep. Number two. Number two. Titles matter. Titles like people's titles. job titles. Um. So, okay. And this is a generational thing. We've talked about millennials a lot. Millennials value titles a lot. Okay. Um. For example, you know, when you're talking about employees, right? Employees tend to value being valued. Okay. Sure. So, um, and a lot of times you can, you know, you can, you can offer an employee more responsibility, um, and they'll take it gladly with fair compensation, right? But they almost look like, especially the millennial generation, they definitely look at increased responsibility as a, as a raise, like engage, they, they are more engaged in their job when you give them more to be in charge of. Sure. Okay. So, yeah. so that is an example of why titles matter, but they also have a tendency to define things. Okay. They don't want to be defined themselves, but they're happy to define other things. And I don't say this in a negative way. Okay. But if you're working in real estate today, you need to pay attention to the millennial generation because it's 70 million people across the United States. They make up a substantial percentage, 25%, 25% of all sellers are millennials. I don't think that really is understood by most people. 25, one in four sellers. I think most people think millennials buyers. are buyers and it's, yeah. and it's 50 per, 50% plus of the buyer's market, but it's 25% of sellers. So you're working out of 200%. But you know, total in aggregate buy and sell side, 75% are millennials. So you have to understand what appeals to them. They are not your customer. They are not a buyer. They are not a seller. Mr. A buyer, Mr. Seller, a lead. Worst one ever. Sure. And you know, I don't know if you noticed a minute ago, I said lead when I was talking about Ian on the phone and I corrected myself. Sure. Yeah. Because I am constantly reminding myself that titles matter. Here's how Disney does it well. They don't have employees. They don't have janitors. Okay. They don't have landscapers. They have cast members. Yes. Everyone that is employed by Disney plays a role as if a role in their, you know, total total production, their total entertainment value. Everyone plays a role. So cast members make people feel valued. Cast cast members makes make people feel like they have a purpose. Cast members make people want to go the extra mile for your company and your, your people assets make your business different from all the rest. And it couldn't be simpler. I mean, you're talking about the, like the, most inexpensive way to instantly show somebody that you value them more is by showing them respect. I mean, that's what yeah. it boils down to. I'll give you another, I'll give you another great example. Um, another great example is, um, I heard, I heard, uh, one of the, one of the cast members at Disney referred to, uh, a gentleman in a, in a motorized scooter, okay. right? You know, a mobility device. Sure. Yeah. Refer to it as his land speeder. A land speeder. Gotcha. Not, like not, Star Wars. Yeah. Not his wheelchair. Yeah. His land speeder. You know, Disney owns the rights to Star Wars. Sure, of course. So they have the trademarks necessary to refer to it as a land speeder. But like, do you think that made a smile on his face when he is probably somewhat self-conscious about, you know, driving around on a mobility device and have somebody call it a land speeder? Sure. It, it almost props him up and makes it prideful that that's something that that he's made needing to make use of. So you made a good point a second ago when we talk about this in from a real estate lens, especially how we talk about potential clients, right? Yeah. You have, you, you know, 
there's a whole discussion about when is someone a client versus a customer. And there's some legal stuff that goes into that, like when you're talking about contracts. But besides that, you, you know, when you're talking about leads or you're talking about this or that, small choices, like you said, small choices you can make can make all the difference when you're trying to convince somebody of their oh, value. Absolutely. We're talking about the first thing is knowing your value. The second thing is make sure you communicate other people's value. Absolutely. Absolutely, Gabe. And, and the assumption, right, the assumption that other people are valuable is a huge assumption to make. It's, mm-hmm. it's an assumption that has to be made in order to make people feel the way you want them to feel. Like, I will tell you this. I never in a million years thought I would go to Disney World three times in 18 months. It's <laughs> a lot. <laughs> but the first time I went... This this is another this is another great story and I I'm, I tell you what I'm not going to bury the lead I'm going to touch that touch on that <laughs> okay. in another minute yeah. but they do things that make you feel special period point blank doesn't matter whether you're a client a consumer customer. a customer um you know you're an employee of theirs it doesn't matter who you are you are made to feel special right all right so number three the end is what everyone remembers. And you have to act like it. So you as a realtor have to understand that you can kill it on showings. You can provide killer service. You can bring all the value. You can be a great negotiator. You can have all the right referrals. You can have all the right resources. You can be everything that they need to be. Right. Um, you can be everything that they need to be up until the moment of closing. Up until the moment of closing. And you can bomb the closing, and that's the only thing. That's they what they'll remember. That is the only thing they'll remember. Okay, and Disney does this better than anyone. You show up in the morning, okay? You are in the park the entire day, and they remind you multiple times throughout the day. It is inescapable them reminding you what's coming at the end of the day. They know that. This might be the only day that you ever come to the Magic Kingdom. Could be your first and last day, yeah. Could be your first and last and only ever in your entire lifetime. And they throw a fireworks display every single day to close the day because they know that you might be the only one who was there the only time and you didn't get to see the fireworks if they didn't do it. So... Anyway, it looks like we've lost our Facebook feed. Whoops. Um, it's still counting. I don't know what happened. We got a couple people watching. I hope you can see us, uh, unfortunately. Uh, we're still live on Instagram. So um, we've had a few people watching on Instagram and Facebook along this whole time. Feel free to throw us some questions if you see it. Gabe and I will do our best to respond as we, uh, as we roll along here. So that's number three. The end is what everyone remembers. Sure. Okay. So end your day. With a fireworks display. Yeah. Learn that from Walt Disney. Okay. Number four, your clients deserve your best every day. So yep. that kind of dovetails into what I was talking about last time. Don't take the day off of fireworks. Consistency. Consistency equals confidence. Do clients want to choose a hot mess of an agent who's posting things on their Facebook about how their relationship just ended and how their world is over <laughs> and how all this stuff happens? Do they want to take part in that? Do they want to yield control of their most precious asset, the acquisition of their most precious asset, to someone who's a hot mess and isn't consistent? Or 
Do they want the person who shows up in their feed every single day with positivity, with great listings, with killer marketing, with tons of presence, with tons of confidence? Do they want that? And it's, it's important to be clear here because what you're saying, as, as long as I'm hearing you right, is not that you need to have a real estate infographic on your feed every day or else you're doing your customers a disservice. No. No, but what you need to be doing is presenting your best self, the, the, the version of yourself that attracts business, the version of yourself that people trust and want to work with needs to be the person that people see. It doesn't mean you can't have a personal life. It doesn't mean that you can't have your kids' soccer games, and it doesn't mean that you can't like go to a concert and post a picture because it was cool. It means that you're constantly cultivating an image of somebody that people like, people trust, people want to work with. Yeah. No, absolutely. I think I think that is absolutely the case. I think you need to cultivate an image for consumption. Mm-hmm. That is the that is that is your number one job. And not and not something that's fake either. When we say cultivate an image, some people no. are like, eh, I don't want to pretend to be some or fake it till you make it. That's not what we're talking about. We're talking about always showing your best side, your side that you would bring on a showing with a new client the side that you would bring to a listing appointment when you're trying to earn someone's business, that needs to be you all the time, anytime you're facing potential clients. Every single time you interact with someone who has the ability to impact your business, which is literally everyone. Yeah, everywhere. You must be at your best. Sure. You must be at your best. Like your spouse can see you be a hot mess behind the wall, the four walls and doors and windows of your own home. And maybe not even then because it's really hard to turn it off and on. What you have to do is cultivate a life built around consistency. And if that's exhausting to you, then maybe you should get a nine to five. Okay. And clock in and clock out because self-employment may not be for you. Right. And it's like you said, it's, it's really hard to turn on and off. Right. So if, but if you're thinking about having to turn on real estate, you and turn off real estate, you, you might want to think about what are the things in my personal life that I need to change to make myself my best real estate me all the time. You know, there might be some things in your personal life that you want to address so that you can, because if you have to switch between two polar opposite people, you're probably, you're probably holding back on something that needs to change. Anyways. I mean, some people can probably do it. I, I would imagine that some people can do it, but it's really, really difficult. But I mean, in a business that's based around authenticity, I mean, that's what pe- people know when they're seeing an act. People know when they're watching a production, you know? And so the more you can make your real self the type of person people want to work with, the less problems you're going to have switching back and forth. It's, it's, it's nearly impossible. <laughs> it's nearly impossible. So again, bring your A game every day. People People deserve consistency. They have, they deserve the best version of you. There is there is no there, there's just no two ways about it. You cannot build a lasting business built on repeat and referral clients if you don't show up and bring them the the A game every day. You got to bring the fire game. Mm-hmm. It's it's got to always be there. That's why it's one of the reasons why anytime somebody what let's do a little test see how well you know me. What do I say when anyone asks me how how I'm doing? So it's never made an impact on you, clearly. <laughs> I suppose not, but I mean, okay. I've never heard you complain when someone asks how you're doing. Okay. All right. So let me ask you this. Has that question become somewhat of a subconscious, um, like, filler, like, oh, I mean, I mean, it's like value how you greet less someone. communication? Yeah, no one really how is you asking doing? how you're doing. Hey, how you doing? Yeah. They're not really asking. They're subconsciously uh, saying whatever they feel like they can say that's off, like, it's more than hello. Yeah. So what I, well, here's what I say. I say things like, I'm doing amazing. Yeah. I'm doing fantastic. And I emphasize it. 
Okay, now now you'll notice this. The reticular activator is working in your <laughs> right, brain right okay. now. And it, you will notice that anytime anybody asks me how I'm doing, okay, here's another one for you. When I walk in first thing in the morning, you're usually here, right? Yep. Okay, how do I walk in this office? I'm going to have to step away from the microphone so so I can do this. Hold on, I'm going to take about like three steps back. Okay. It normally goes something like this. What's up? <laughs> That's normally what okay. it is. <laughs> is, it, is it infectious? Yeah. Is it contagious? It's energy. Is it energetic? Yeah, absolutely. Is it positive? Mm-hmm. It's all of those things. And always. Because, yeah. listen, is it or is it not my job to make sure that you have a job? Sure, yeah. And everyone else here. I mean, not solely your job. Not solely my job, but who is the ultimate responsibility? Sure. You're the broker. Ultimate. Yeah. I'm the, I'm the broker. I'm the owner. I'm the, I'm the one, right? I, and I own that, right? I don't shrink from that responsibility. You know, it's a pretty big one. It freaked me the hell out the first time I realized that someone else's livelihood was dependent <laughs> upon me. Sure. And now we're 42 people later. Okay, or more. And then I think about the spouses and the children and all that stuff. It's crazy responsibility, Gabe. But let me tell you something. I will not fail you ever. I will walk in this place with my hair on fire before I fail you. Yeah, because Monday through Sunday, you know you're going to be bringing your best. Bring your best. Every what day. day would you bring less? Yeah. Never. I mean, maybe if I'm hungover. <laughs> I mean, but that, even then, <laughs> that's even then, it's not too bad. I, even then, I got I to gotta bring it, man. All right. So let's, let's, let's move on from that. Number five, a look behind the curtain. Mm, I like makes this one. Everyone feel special. What is this? Okay, what is this? that's what this is. That's yeah. what this live stuff is. That's what this video component. I hope you guys notice we're going live with full episodes. We're going uh, full episodes on video to YouTube. Yeah, make sure to check out our YouTube here Absolutely. in the coming episodes because full episodes will be available there yeah. very soon. Show notes, YouTube channel. Like we're doing, we're doing some different things. So basically, and, and and you can you can you can kind of expand upon that. You know, a look behind the curtain, cutting the line, dinner with your favorite, you know, backstage passes. This goes back to making people feel important. You're making, this is more than making them feel important or valued. This is making them feel exclusive, right? This is like you're getting something that the average consumer doesn't get. Exclusivity is a motivating factor. Absolutely. Okay. There, there are, there are motivating factors that exist in business and it's important to learn how to harness them. I promise this wouldn't be a philosophical episode. So I'm not going to go into what the six motivating factors are, but exclusivity is one of them. Sure. Okay. Showing someone something exclusive. Disney has done that better than any, any business I've ever seen. Okay. At every attraction on Disney, there are two lines. Yeah. Did you know this? Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Okay. So there's a standard line and there's a fast pass line. Yeah. Okay. Every park attendee gets a set number of fast passes. Okay, so number one is... It's Remember about, that it wasn't always that way either. It wasn't always this that was, way. This is super innovative when this, this happened. This is super innovative when they did it. Now, every other park has, t- has followed suit. Absolutely. So here's you get so many fast passes and you can go online and schedule them okay, throughout the day. So you can actually plan your day on what attractions you're going you're gonna to consume and when you can plan your lunch, you can do this. So like even like the type A planner that is myself and my wife, like we got to plan. Mm-hmm. Like we feel good about that, but also I tell you what, it feels pretty damn good when you walk up and there's a 120 minute line to get on seven dwarves mind train, but I got a fast pass boop, and I'm walking straight to the front. Oh, nothing feels better than walking. Nothing past feels a- better, but you know what? Here's the thing. It's not that exclusive because everybody gets one, but well, somehow see, the thing. it's not that exclusive, but think about what, what was the alternative before, right? You pay X amount of hundred extra dollars to be 
able to use a fast pass. So it's an upsell, right? And so they're selling the exclusivity. I think what they found out though was more people get more excited and you get people doing other things and spending more money as a result because Absolutely. you're offering them exclusivity for free, which is what yeah. we're talking about doing in real estate yeah. too, right? So so let's back up a second. How much more money do you think people spend on average because of the fact that Disney does fireworks every day? Oh, I don't know. So do you think I would stay until 8, 9 p.m. at night with two young children if there weren't fireworks at the end of the day? No, I think you'd be gone okay, before so, someone So died. I'd be gone at 6. So they get an extra two and a half, three hours of me in the park mm-hmm. dropping money. Yep. Okay. So anyway, that that's a whole other thing. But, well, it's like but, you said, there's a lot of stuff going on there. But there's a lot of stuff going on. But I'd be out. My kids would be melted down, and I'd be laying in bed. But yeah, so so bed. when you when you talk to people about Disney, you know, what is the number one criticism of going to Disney? What is the one people say? It's so expensive. Oh, you spend oh, yeah. so much money. Well, you have to buy this. You have to buy that. But people go, and then no one and no one when they're there is having a bad time spending money because think they've found the way to make certain things free that you had to buy earlier that feel more than buying a $10 Absolutely. corn dog. Well, and I, and I didn't put this on the list because I don't know that there's a lot we can do to learn from it in real estate. But what Disney has done is they've separated you your experience from the money oh, yeah. that it costs with the magic bands. Yeah. Boop. You just it's it's play money. Yeah. Okay. We don't have r- real estate magic. You, you bands don't yet, pay <laughs> for it until you look at your credit card statement the month after you went to Disney World. And like, what's another nine dollar beer? What's another you know plastic sword for the kids? What's another pair of bunny ears that are sure. like eighty two dollars? I mean, like you, you really do. You just like it, it's it's like it's all free. That's and it's a psychological thing. But neither here nor there. I wasn't gonna go there. It's interesting. Um, huh? A look behind the curtain makes everyone feel special. And so how do you do this? Let's talk about practicality in real estate. How do you give someone that's your client a look behind the curtain that makes them feel like, wow, I'm one of Jay's exclusive clients. I'm one of this agent's exclusive clients. So here's what you do. You basically... um, You share with them how you practice real estate for yourself. You use your language because every real estate agent undoubtedly undoubtedly you're serving your client. You're endeavoring to serve your clients as best you possibly can, which would be the way that you represent yourself in the same transaction, right? So I would make a point and I'm going to touch on this a little bit more here in a minute with, with the, with number seven, but I think you should fold into your language more, um, reference to how you would do it for yourself. What contractor you use to, to service your furnace, what home inspector you used when you bought your home, what lender did your last refinance. You know, the things that people want to know is how does Jay do it for himself? Sure. And we talked about this a lot back in season one. You know, there were several times where we talked about why investing in real estate for yourself is much more valuable than just a way for you to diversify your holdings, right? It gives you all kinds of credibility and social proof and all these things with your clients. And so you can't overestimate how powerful it is to have a client who's having a problem with XYZ in their house and say, hey, you know, I just flipped a house down the street from you. I use this person, this, I have this connection. Every time that I do this, every time that I'm in your shoes, this is who I use, I'm the expert, I have the connections. And all of a sudden, this person is happy that they've met you because yeah. you solved one of their larger problems. Yeah, there's tons of opportunity, Gabe, when investing to do all this. There's tons more opportunity to do this when investing. Yeah. But that's 201, 301, 401 stuff. 
you know, when you're showing someone how to make money, there's an even greater opportunity to, to lift the curtain, show them. Like, oh, I yeah. sent a guy the other day my spreadsheet that I build a rehab budget for on a flip property. Yeah. And I sent him the reconciliation page that I, spreadsheet that I use to calculate how much my profit was at the end. He looked at the thing and the formulas and goes, yeah, like, money can't buy that. No, money can't buy that. That's, that's, that's 10 years. That's a decade worth of experience flipping houses that led me to where I am right now. I have realtors that I mentor that I send my, you know, investment analysis spreadsheet to. Like these things are a look behind the curtain. It makes everyone feel exclusive. If it's good enough for you as the practitioner, as the person that they feel are the expert, then it's definitely going to be good enough for them. So find a way to share those things. Yeah. Find a way to share with them the ability to find a good house online. What, 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 um, because not everybody's an investor, but find a good deal on a house to live in, uh, little tips and tricks to make your house show better. You can do that via social. You can put out videos like this. You can do live streams. You can, you know, all those things. Post funny things that you see in your daily travels as a real estate agent. Oh, and there's gotta be plenty. Everybody sees oh. good stuff. I mean, crazy stuff, you know? I mean, look at it as your Instagram shareable content, but but do it in multiple mediums that, that allows people to consume that. So a look behind the curtain. Disney does it best. You should model it. Okay. There you go. Number seven. Actually, number six. Oh, number six. I'm sorry. Number, number six. six. Don't get ahead of us. Over-deliver when least expected. Sure. Yeah. Over-deliver when least expected. We've talked at length about how difficult situations and the ability to have difficult conversations really gives you an opportunity to increase your income doing that effectively. Okay, but now I'm going to want you to take it a step further. Don't just have the conversation effectively. Use it as a springboard into over-delivering on your value prop. Okay, so here's here's Disney's example. I go on this uh, – I, I stand in line with a fast pass sure. to go on this amazing like avatar ride. I don't know if you've heard about I it. I haven't got to do it. It wasn't built when I was there. Okay. So. so it's an avatar ride where you simulate riding on the Banshee. Yeah. You know, from the avatar, like the big, Oh yeah. Those of you that don't remember, it's the James Cameron film with the big blue people. Yeah. Okay. That live on Pandora. So I sound like a big nerd right now. I'm, I'm having to hold myself back from explaining the plot. You're, so. you're totally with me though. <laughs> but you're riding a banshee, which in you know is like a friendly dragon almost. Yeah, kind of. Friendly. It's like a pterodactyl. Pterodactyl. There you go. There you go. <laughs> okay, so you're gonna ride this thing, and it's a VR deal. But you like literally like straddle almost what looks like a horse to get on this ride. And and little known fact about Jay Pitts is I'm not a fan of confined spaces. Okay, interesting. I didn't I, even know I this. really don't like confined spaces. I really don't like having my legs pinned. Okay. Like like that is something that's really I don't know what it is. It's it's a long-standing thing. So, and and amusement parks um they they kind of challenge this fear a lot because a lot of lap bars, a lot of shoulder restraints. Sure, you're, like, you're locked in. I, like I was on, I was on a roller coaster. No, no joke, Gabe. And and I've taken to measuring my heart rate on my Apple Watch. Yeah. So my heart resting heart rate's like in the low 60s. Okay. Because right? I'm yeah. I'm a cardio guy and like cycler. I, I, yeah. I'm I'm doing my thing, and so I'm standing in line and and it's hot and I've been rushing around and I hit the thing to check my button. I'm like right getting ready to to get on the uh, board the roller coaster. Yeah. Um, and this was Slinky Dog at Toy Story Land, by the way. Okay, so it's not so like the most intense. You're not, you're not getting on like the the it's, showstopper. It's yeah. not the beast, you know, at Kings Island. But it's it's a coaster, and it's got a lap bar. And I'm getting ready to get on my son, and I check my heart rate, and it's like 76. Okay, and you know, it's outside, it's hot. My heart rate's going to be elevated a little bit. Sure. I get in, I, I secure my lap bar, I hit it again. 
122. <laughs> and like, and so immediately what I take to doing is nose, nose breathe, like, like serious mm. deep nose. Yes. Try to slow know, it down. Slow it down. And I look down and it's back in the low eighties, like very quickly. But when I got in and restrained myself, it it's gets real. Like, like yeah. crazy. And then I was at like a 70, the whole roller coaster. Like the ride. The ride is fine. The ride is fine. Yeah. So this stuff I don't like. And when I got on this, uh, this, uh, banshee riding, whatever it's called, I don't even remember what it's called. Um, the legs clipped in, mm-hmm. right? Your legs like go in a stirrup. Yeah. And then they, they surround them on all sides and they like lock you in. Ooh, yeah. And I felt it and I looked up and then it's got a back bar. Oh, goes, okay. And like hits your lower back and like clamps you down. And so I'm like, and I just said, no way. <laughs> and I looked at the guy. I was like, I'm good. And I, and I got off. And so I'm self-conscious, right? I'm self-conscious about my son and my wife are getting ready to do this. Like, I'm like, you know, why couldn't I just, and, and I was sorry that I got off. Yeah. The second I got off, I was sorry. Like if I had taken a deep breath, I would have been fine. That's yeah. the way it is most. But in this moment, it just didn't work out for me. And they walked me out in the hall. They were like, hey, sir, sorry it didn't work. And I didn't really fit, but it would have been fine. Um, and a guy walks over to me as I'm self-conscious, a little ashamed. And he says, hey, sir, I'm really sorry that didn't work out for you. Here's what I'd like to do. I'd like to give you and all of your party two additional fast passes to be used in the next 24 hours. You know, we're really sorry it just didn't work out for you. He's really sorry that he didn't do anything wrong. Like, there's, they have no need. All they had to do is let you off the ride. All right? they had to do, and they did, and they were very kind about it. The, nothing were, else was expected. There was no shaming. There yeah. was nothing like, they did nothing wrong. And literally, they gave me walk to the front of the line passes, two, not one, yep. two, for all of the six members of my party. Yeah. And that we could use in the next 24 hours. And like literally Jen, my wife gets off the ride and I told her and she was like, Oh my gosh. Like, like I'm, sorry you didn't, I'm sorry you didn't get to ride it, but I think it was probably worth it. Well, see, I'll keep my story short because it's so similar. But I mean, one year we were at Disney, we went to, you know, uh, Universal Studios one day, like you're talking about. We stood in line for the Hogwarts Express, you know, it takes you back and forth between the two sides of the park for probably an hour waiting to get on the train only to get to the front of the line and the train is broken down and they tell everybody we're so sorry. Brutal. You know, we can't. You know, there's no way to ride. We really apologize. As we're walking out, and some people are fuming. Some people are like, ah, whatever. They give everybody three fast passes. They're like, for Boom. you, three fast passes. For you, three fast passes. And they could have just said, hey, it's out of our hands. There's a technical difficulty. Yeah, we didn't mean to. But instead, they decide to over-deliver. And then what What was the difference? Instead of being like, man, what a waste of an hour. We were like, this is the best thing that's happened to us all day. It changes the narrative immediately. I would gladly stand in line for an hour to get three fast passes. I, I'll, give you, I'll give you another very, very quick example. Okay, that is another example. And, and it's like not even – there was really no event. The first time we went to Disney 18 months ago, okay, it's our first time. And I'm pretty sure they knew it, right? I'm pretty sure they, they track that kind okay, of thing. Okay, sure. And we had a nice hotel booked. We had one of the nicer nicer hotels. We had park tickets for, I don't know, four people for five, six days. Um, I can only imagine that we fit some sort of profile that they were really wanting yeah. to engage. First time, young family. Exactly. In the like park. I got a long, I got a number of years that I can be bringing kids back to this well, place. Shoot, right? Whatever they did, let's skip to the end. It worked. So, so here's the, times. exactly. So Jen is standing in line to check in and a long line. She turns around. They don't even say anything. There are people standing there with balloons and like an envelope. And they're like, Miss Pitts. And she's like, yes. 
You're our family of the day. <laughs> oh. All of Disney World's family of the day. Here you go. We've upgraded your room to a first floor suite. We know it's not the easiest thing to get a stroller up and down the elevators. So you're a first floor upgraded room, larger size for a crib because my daughter was only three months old. Yeah. Um, and you have unlimited fast passes for all of your family for the entire day. This is 9 a.m. The morning <laughs> we're checking in. Yeah. I, well, like, right? You're like, what? Yeah, I had no idea. I was like, what? Least expected. Now, let's, and, and to put it into context and scale this, obviously that's a huge deal, but think about this in the, in the realm of, you know, relativism for Disney, that's a very small expense to absorb, right? Like this was infinitesimally small, but what did it do for you? It changed your entire trip, experience. I bet. It changed probably the is the reason experience. you went three times in a year and a half. It's, it's a big reason why, because that experience we had coming away, it's like, what do people remember? I remember that. Well, I'm, and I'm so glad you mentioned it because this has the most perfect direct correlation. Like in, in the course of a transaction, which is the course of your stay in this park, right? You can do something that you think doesn't matter, like is the smallest expense for you. And it doesn't have to be a bottle of wine at closing. That's not what we're talking about. It's doing something that goes above and beyond when the person least expects it that turns them into a client who buys three houses from you in the next 10 years. It's, some, it's something that moves the needle. I, I mean, Gabe, that, like don't get caught in the trap of sending like the cliched closing gift. Yeah. Right? Like you're much better standing. That's when it's expected. You're, We're you're talking better, about it's unexpected. You're better off standing up and taking it on the chin when some, some when the other side of the transaction tries to take advantage of your client at the closing table. You're better off doing that. You're better off, you know, I don't know. Like, I mean, there's a number of things you could do. You're better off inviting the grieving family of the mother who just passed away that you're selling the house for to come back and see the property after it's been renovated, right? And have, you know, a happy family moment together in that property one last time. Yeah. You're you're better off to take professional before and after pictures of the home your client is about to sink a ton of money into. <laughs> okay, so that they can memorialize the fact that they went through and made this place beautiful again. Right. Like things like that that are not cliched, that are not a bottle of wine or a bottle of bourbon here in Kentucky or you know, I don't even know what, not a basket of cleaning supplies and a roll of toilet paper and a gift card to cutting Lowe's board. Yeah. cutting board with your logo on it that they'll never use. Well, and the thing these, that your example has in common is these are not things that the client is already expecting for you to do because they're part of your job. This is something that's not part of your job. It's above me on like your example yeah. at the park. Had they not done this to you in line, you probably still would have had a great time. There's still, I probably would have went back a chance that you would have went back eventually uh, it probably might have still been a five-star experience, but when they did that, they cemented you as a repeat visitor. Unexpected over-delivery. So if you ever That's want to turn a, someone from your sphere of influence into a repeat client, it's as easy as doing one thing that they don't expect. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. All right. Last, but absolutely not least, number seven, be a storyteller. Be a storyteller. Yeah. Absolutely, positively, people relate to a story okay a narrative a past experience a piece of social proof conveying information okay can be factual can be direct can be whatever but when it's when it's when it's it, it enveloped in a story that is relevant to you and relevant to them it it makes an exponential difference i mean what okay. is this whole episode 
every point we've made in this episode, we've tied back to an anecdote or a story that makes the point clear yes. using Disney as the example here. But you can do this every day in your own business. Yeah. You can find ways to get on someone's level and explain it in a way that they'll understand when they can empathize with experiences that they've been through too. Dude, rapport building, there is no single better skill. There is no single more valuable skill in the real estate industry than rapport building. And how do you do it? You do it by telling stories. Yeah. Now, I don't mean make up stories. No, 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 no. Yeah. I mean, I mean artfully and delicately deliver your past experience. Okay. Your value proposition in the form of a story. Show your social proof. Show your, I mean, I, I'll never forget, you know, the most expensive property I've ever sold in my career. I, I, it was an expired listing that I followed up on for six months that had been listed with a luxury brokerage here in town. They interviewed, Another agent at that luxury brokerage that that expired with, they interviewed a top agent, the two top agents at a, at another luxury brokerage, and they interviewed me. I'm no less than 20 years younger than all of the other agents and a ton less experience at, at luxury property. I sell a lot more real estate than these people, right? but I don't sell more luxury homes, okay? I sold myself in the form of a story with less credibility, qualification, or experience because of my storytelling ability. And then I sold these people a house and I walked down the street and said, yep, I sold that one. I know about that one. I had that one listed. I sold this one. Their eyes were about to pop out of their head. Sure. Oh, this one used to be a halfway house. I know, but it was in a gentrifying part of town. Yeah. That one used to be a halfway house. It got renovated in 2011 and it went to this. And then I flipped that house and I did this one and I sold this one to so-and-so and he renovated it and it just resold again. And blah, 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 blah. Client for life. The buyer or the that, that client is now a realtor in Florida. <laughs> okay. Okay. And has referred me no less than like four to five clients. Bam. And they're all very nicely priced referrals. Getting a license didn't even stop them from being a repeat client. <laughs> no, exactly. They're a repeat client in Florida and like she calls me for a marketing advice. Yeah. So be a storyteller. It pays I'm telling yeah. you. So Walt Disney learned that very early and as if to cement this in any way, could, could, as if this could be submitted in any better way, it all started with one freaking mouse. Mm -hmm. One mouse. A pencil drawing. A penciled mouse on a piece of white paper monochromatic even it was black and white mm -hmm. like i mean literally <laughs> i guess is that monochromatic or yeah black? monochromatic is like black and white yeah anyway tell a story man yeah what are we doing here tell exactly. stories well i mean there's tons of stuff that you could take with us today whether you've been to disney or not if you're someone that's listening to this and you're in real estate there are tons of things you could take away but i feel like there's one central theme that runs through all seven of these points. And it's making sure that you're aware and you're going to the extra lengths that it takes to let the person you're working with know that they are valued. Yeah. How Most of these points are basically boiled down to let the person know that they're more than a transaction to you. Absolutely. And watch the difference that it makes for them as a client. So I'm going back. We lost our Facebook feed. We're going to work out the kinks. This is sure. kind of a new thing for Gabe and I, but I'm going back and looking. We had quite a few people following on Instagram. I think uh, I really appreciate it, that. You guys are amazing. Looking like a lot of agents here. And we even got a comment from Lamar Jackson, the dog. Yeah. Not to be confused with Lamar Jackson. But not Lamar to be Jackson, confused the with the quarterback of the you know, the Baltimore I follow Ravens. Lamar Jackson, but Lamar the Jackson, the dog, AKA Mark Harris, a local builder here in town and father of one of our agents, Ryan Harris on the team here at JT Pitts and associates. Um, 
says he's got some Disney points that he can share with us. So we might have to come back with a little update on Disney. But, um, you know, shout out to Mark Harris. If you're looking for a, looking for a new built home in Elizabethtown or central Kentucky, Mark's your guy. Um, and, I guess that's about all I got, Gabe. Yeah, I mean, that's episode two. It's probably a wrap. But remember, like we said, close to the top of the episode, very soon you'll be able to find full-length videos of all of our episodes on YouTube where you can watch and you can go. But of course, our podcast is always going to be where you have found it before. Check us out on iTunes. Make sure to check us out wherever you get your podcast from. Uh, These episodes will be coming out soon. They are going to be spaced out a little bit more as we start our new podcast that we'll be launching very soon. Uh, but all of the content that you've come to expect from resource is not going anywhere. Absolutely. And and let's expound upon that just a little bit before we let everybody go. The Our 502 podcast, local business leaders, movers, shakers, influencers, entrepreneurs here in the central Kentucky and Louisville area. Our 502, O-U-R 502 podcast coming soon. First episode is probably going to drop in about what, two, three weeks. Yeah. Something like that. So look out for it. We'll come back with another episode of Resource Real Talk About Real Estate. I'm Jay Pitts. I'm Gabe Pruitt. Thanks for listening. See you guys.